0: This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Orange Hatter. Today is part two of my conversation with Sanjana.
0: So I think there's a lot more countries in Latin America that want to follow. It's still very new, of course, to see all the effects. But whatever we've seen so far has just been completely positive. And maybe we can't give 100% credit to Bitcoin, but we can give 80% here. That's the only big change that's happened, right, in the past four years. Yeah, so I would, say, I would say El Salvador is a great example. I would say Nigeria is another good example as well. There was a time where there were a lot of protests going on, and because of that, governments decided to freeze all the protesters' bank accounts. And because of this, citizens started preserving their wealth in Bitcoin, and they started realizing that, okay, the government's not going to help us, and this is just always going to be a problem. So there, so that, that's why, actually, we get a lot of our users from Nigeria and a large po- uh, population of Nigeria has moved to Bitcoin, and again, positive impacts that you see. It's all. It is still very new to you know come to straight conclusions, but yeah, I, China, Nigeria, Philippines. These are these are all countries that are facing a lot of restrictions from the government. So they are gonna they are gonna protest in ways where Bitcoin is involved. It's it's just it's really an empowerment tool for human rights.
1: Yeah, I those are all like really wonderful examples. If you don't mind, I'm gonna ask you a personal question. There's always a reason why why a native would choose to move to a different country, right? So I'm an immigrant, I'm I'm in the US. My family story is more has to do with World War II from my dad's side, which is what brought us here. But for you and your family, what brought you guys out of India to Europe and what brought your husband's family out of India to the United States? So,
0: so my husband is also from India and his parents moved to the United States and then my husband moved to Belgium so he's just been moving around a lot but yeah basically to answer your question it was just business opportunities right like there was it wasn't I mean my parents lived in a big city in India so the situation wasn't like okay we need to we need to flee from this part of the the country it's just you know, not safe, or there's a lot of issues, because I know that happens a lot around the world, it was just about, it was a dream where you just thought that, okay, the US and Europe has luxury, it has a lot of opportunities, you're you're going to make money in, in dollars and euros, and you can, you know, send this money back to your family. So I think at that point, a lot of it was just a dream. And it's very difficult, because I've seen my parents live here and spend the past 30 years here. And okay, it, yeah, it has a lot of luxury. It's great. But it's, At the end of it, you realize that the grass is always greener on the other side and you're giving up a lot because the rest of my extended family all lives in India, right? So it's still about, I've given up on living with all my siblings and my parents to move to this country for a better future, for an education for my children, for for them to get exposure and, and, and all of that. But now when you look at it, India is one of the fastest growing economies in the world and people are actually moving back to India. People are starting businesses there. So... It's definitely the money factor that that people get attracted to, and they're like, okay, if I feel like I can build a better future there, give my family more, then that's what I'm going to do. That 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 just seems to be a priority for a lot of people, and I think that's what they thought when they moved 30, 35 years ago, and 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 that's the way I think a lot of us are just built. Like today, we're hustling, we're working. If if we think there's better opportunities in another country we'll move you know if if it's if if it, of course if it has to do with not giving up too much on your lifestyle and the way you've already been brought up but i think the first thing you think about is where can i give my kids the best future as well and i'll move there i don't know where that is tomorrow but that that was the us and that was europe 30 years ago so that that's what was just going on in their mind i think yeah
1: yeah i think that's probably why of the people who immigrate, that's probably why they immigrate is because they think that there are better opportunities elsewhere. So I'm, I wanted to kind of circle back and talk again about why they would think that there's better opportunities out there, you know, to choose to leave their families and friends and everything that they know, like for my mom, leaving her her understanding of the world and coming to a foreign place, you know, it's very difficult. It's And it's not just a language barrier. You have a lot of cultural differences, and it's a huge, huge, huge sacrifice to move from country to country. Why do people do that for money? Yes, but why Why wouldn't they think that they have the same opportunity where they are?
0: Yeah, that's, no, That I think that's a really, really good question. I think that does come down to the fact that India... Okay, India is very different from what it was thirty years ago. It is still a developing country. It is one of the fastest growing economies now, but at that time, there was no exposure is is what I feel I think I, I, there's also this weird thing with Indians where they you know they want to be exposed to the whole world they get this very they get very attracted to like the western lifestyle. I don't know if this is in in all Asian countries, but it is a very Indian thing and Indians also kind of like being around their community so it's it Antwerp like Belgium Antwerp where I live is a very different situation because there's a lot of Indians here. It's like they kind of all migrated together and they created this own com- their own community over here, which is kind of nice. So I feel like they're they're they are they they did not miss out on that whole you know we we miss our people aspect or something. But yeah, I think I think there was always this attraction that. And even today, if you speak to a lot of Indians in the smaller cities in India, they're like, oh, he studies in America or, oh, she has a job in America. Like it just, it still sounds so great in your head, you know? And in in India, like if you're a doctor, you're a professional, it's like the biggest deal. It's, It's now people are going into different fields and there's so much creativity there. But like back in the day, it's like, okay, if he went there and he did his Undergrad there, he studied there. He became a doctor there. It's like it, it's reputation, and Indians really believe in this stuff as well. It's like it's a big deal. It's more about the name, whether you've achieved that or not. But it's it's just like there is a sense of community and bragging, and where you're like, okay, like yeah, they've they've studied abroad, they've worked, they've lived abroad, you know, and now they come they come back to year and like they're sending money to their families. And yeah, when you're earning in dollars and you're sending back money you know, to your families in India, it is a lot more money, but it comes with sacrifice and it comes with a lot of negatives, I think that that people don't see. But yeah, I I I think it's two aspects. I think it's just the dream of living a Western life. And it's it's that, okay, there's so many issues in our own country when it comes to corruption government and government politics. And you just think the US or Europe will be so much easier. But that's just not the reality of it, sadly.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that more. So the grass is greener on the other side. And people outside the Western nations think that it must be so much easier here. And yet we literally started this segment talking about why you came into the Bitcoin space in the first place. And it was because of the Canadian trucker strike in the news, right? So would you like to talk a little bit more about, about expectation versus reality, especially when it comes to the, the monetary system and how it, it affects society in Europe and then also in in India?
0: Yeah, so I think let's talk about the U.S. just because they're the most powerful country right now and you know countries follow what the U.S. is doing and it just like in terms of policies the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency all of that right so you go to America you think the U.S. dollar is the strongest currency and then the more and then the deeper you get into the news and the finance of it and all of that you realize that it's just printing money It's just, that is such a big issue, right? Like it's, you would think that why is printing money such a big deal? Why is it so bad? And I actually, when when we went for a conference in San Diego, we were speaking to a VC investor in in FinTech and we were just trying to talk to her and, you know, like have a casual conversation about Bitcoin. And she's like, okay, but you know what? I don't care about Bitcoin. It makes no difference to my life. And I'm like, but do do you know, like, are you trying to, we want to make you understand why it should make a difference to your life, right? Like, even if you're from the US, you're not from a developing country, you don't realize how many issues the US itself has, like printing money is such a big issue. And she's like, but why is it an issue? It doesn't make a difference to my life. And I'm like, but yes, it does, because the US dollar has lost 96% of its value since I think the past 30 years. How is that not a big problem, right? And if you don't realize that inflation is such a big problem, and interest rates are going higher, and all of that, and you just think that all these issues are actually just in developing countries where where citizens are getting their bank accounts frozen, no, that that's not the issue. Our economy is—it just feels like it's been a, in a recession for the past twenty years. It feels like the economy has never recovered. And, and and why? It's because it's because the money supply is not fixed. Bitcoin has a fixed money supply, right? When you don't have a fixed money supply, the government can do whatever they want. They can keep printing money and then your money means nothing. And if you think you have this great job and you're making like 5K a month, 10K a month, you're putting this into savings. You're not making anything. You're not realizing that the value of your money in 10 years time is nothing. And and I think people are just so unaware that they refuse to believe that the u.s has a problem or that u.s has or that europe has a problem that we live in these western countries and continents and the government's great there's no corruption and they're doing everything good for us but but no it, it's just you just need to educate yourself and try to understand what the problem is to realize we are in deep shit. like this is this is not getting better at all you know and like people still don't understand why fixed money supply is better than printing money. Like it's just it, it's just education. It's just that we were never taught this in school. We were never taught about financial literacy. Unless you really choose to pursue economics and learn it in, in university, why would people ever know this? Because the government doesn't want you to know this. It's not in curriculums in school, right? Like governments are are, are controlling what you're learning in school. Why were we never taught how to invest our money, what to do with our savings, what the problems of the economy are? We're still taught to believe that, again, like this is something we teach on our on our app where you have Austrian economics and you have Keynesian economics. Right. So in Keynesian economics, we're taught that government control and government intervention is always needed when when the government is when the economy is doing bad, the government needs to intervene. But again, no, we don't need the government to intervene. We can self-correct and we can come back up. It's just it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle that all economies go through, right? And, and when the government's intervening, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Like, I don't truly believe that we've even recovered from the 2008 financial crisis. And it's been 15 years, you know? So it's people are just so unaware and so oblivious because there's no education about it that's what i truly believe because i i was this person before i got into the bitcoin space and i was ignorant i just chose to believe that we live in a great country like there's no issues everything's great i i have a job you know whatever i'm making i i invest it goes into my savings but you could do so much better and and you're not growing your money. And everything sounds like a dream. It's, it's not you, what whatever financial plan you have is just a vision. It's very unlikely that that's actually what's going to happen.
1: Thanks for joining us today and learning with us today. If the discussion with our guest resonated with you, and you would like to dive deeper into the world of Bitcoin, don't miss out on joining the Orange Hatter Women's Reading Club. The meetup link is in the show notes. Also, if there are women in your life whom you think would both enjoy and benefit from learning more about Bitcoin, please share Orange Hatter with them. Until next time, bye!